right? Good? Okay, so last week we talked about uh, do you know of Jesus or do you know Jesus, right? And we went through that looking through the different things of how to know Jesus or do I know Jesus and what would, if we knew Jesus, we keep his commands was the first one, right? Keep his commands. The second one is remember where our righteousness comes from. And the third one is we understand who is truth. And that's how we know Jesus, not just know of him. Um, and we gave that example of knowing facts about people and, and knowing different ideas about them, but doesn't mean we know them, right? You guys might know of our president, but you don't know him. Yeah, I know, fun example. You might know <laughs> other people of them, their details and things like that. We went over missionary, missionary biographies last week, but um, is it the same with Jesus? Like, is it just, you know, details, you know, things about him, you know, uh, who, you know, some characteristics of him, or do you actually know him? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? And so we're going to go on that a little bit more this week. Uh, this weekend, what we're going to do is we're going to be going over and we're going to move on to what is the life lived in knowing Jesus. So what does our life look like? If you know Jesus, what's your life going to look like then? And this is going to be the, the uh, main thing we'll focus in on this morning. The name of the message is Hidden with Christ. Hidden with Christ. Now, World War II, a lot of, a lot of crazy things happened in World War II, right? A lot of interesting stories. Well, this one comes from Japan going into China, and they went and fought there during World War II. But Japan was a lot more advanced in their armory and uh, their technology and all the different ways when they went into China, which is interesting because China's way up there right now with all their technology. Well, J Japan goes in there and they start taking out all of China's tanks. So within the three, first three months of the battle, um, they ended up taking out most of their tanks. So the Japanese had to come up with another way to get rid of these tanks that were coming in because they're just wiping out their cities. Or the Chinese had to figure it out. What they ended up doing is they set up snipers. And the sniper, what they would do is they would shoot at this tank and they'd hear a loud ping. I'm sure you guys can imagine inside of it, right? And then they keep driving because, of course, the sniper's going to do anything to a tank. So then the sniper wait for a little bit and then shoot at him again and then wait for a while and then shoot another one at it. Well, after a while, guess what the driver's doing? Okay, where is this guy? That's it. You can't do this to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out what's going on. So then what happens is they would actually get the drivers to poke their head out, and they got a big ping when they poked their head out. No more driver. Okay, that's how they were slowing down these tanks. It was a clever idea to be able to do it with, with uh, lower technology, but that's what they'd end up doing these drivers. As long as the driver stayed in the tank, they were safe, weren't they? But as soon as they went out, the whole purpose was to bring them out of their safety right out into the open. Now, Satan likes to do the same thing with us, doesn't he? And not always Satan, we can't blame everything on him because our flesh does the same thing too. Likes to bring us out in the open. Temptation is what will bring us out. And temptation, this is an interesting thing about temptation, it's not the direct move that takes us to sin. Did you know that? Temptation is not the direct thing that takes us over to sin. It's like the tank. As the sniper shoots at it, it's not that the ping on the outside is what kills the driver. It's his decision to go after his own desire that brings death upon him, right? So what it does is it brings us out of the hiding and into the hand of the desire, our own desire. And then when we act out in our desire, sin is birth. Look at James 1, 14, through 15, 14 and 15. Should be up there. There we go. Uh, it's split up on that screen, so I'm going to look at this one. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire, enticed. 
desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That's the process that it works through, right? That temptation, it goes on, and what temptation has to go to desire, doesn't it? I mean, some of these things that you guys, you don't have a desire to, it'd be foolish to have a temptation over that because it's like, well, that doesn't do anything. I mean, I'm not tempted in that way at all. Like for me, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not tempted to go out and, and uh, murder. Just heads up. You know, you're safe with me, okay? It's not a desire of mine, so therefore it's not a temptation. Some other people, it might be, depending on what's the workplace. I don't know. People are crazy now, aren't they? We have temptations that go against our, or go for our desires. That's what happens, and the enemy knows that. Our flesh desires those things. And so what needs to happen is we need to keep hidden in that. It's one of the most frustrating things to me, and I know you guys probably have the same thing if you're human. One of the most frustrating things is to deal with in my walk is not falling into that temptation, not chasing after that desire that, get, that just the temptation wants to bring out. Just like Paul said, we talked a little bit about this last time in, in Romans 7, where Paul goes through it and he talks about the things that I want to do he doesn't do, right? And then he says the things that uh, I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. And he's got this conflict there, and you guys might have the same thing. These things that you want to do right for God, it just seems like you're always hitting your head against the wall. I can't do what's right. I keep messing up. And the stuff that I'm trying not to do, I, I just, I cannot not do it. I keep falling in this. And he comes to a place where he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will, fall, who will save me from this body of sin? And that's really where we come to. I'm so sick of myself, how do I get out of this mess? I am wretched. When you're honest with yourself and you cannot defeat sin and you continually beat your head against the wall and trying to stop it, you come to a place of, I can't. A wretched man that I am, who's going to save me? And I love, of course, the next verse is where the power is. He goes and says, thank you, Jesus, right? It's about Jesus. Jesus is the one that intervenes. Many of us know the do's and don'ts, don't we, of this world or in Christianity, or in morality, or trying to be the good person, wherever you're standing this morning, most of us in this room of the do's and the don'ts of being a Christian, how to follow Christ. But we do we know how to have victory? We know the do's and the don'ts, but do we know how, do we know how to have victory in this walk? We know that Jesus is our victory, but how do we walk in that? What does that look practically worked out? What does it look like to have victory in him? So how does Jesus bring us victory? Maybe more important is, how do we understand victory in our life? Ask yourself that rather than, how do I get this from Jesus? Rather ask, how do I understand his victory in my life? Because it is there. Well, we stay hidden. We have to stay hidden with Christ. Don't poke your head out. Colossians 3 is where we're going to be at. If you want to turn there, go ahead and go over to Colossians 3. This is the part of Scripture we're going to be tearing apart this morning. Colossians chapter 3. Just a little bit of context here with this chapter 3. Paul is going through and he's talking about what it is to walk in Jesus Christ, okay? What it is to live in Jesus Christ. Not to be of the old Adam, right? Not to be in Adam, but to be in Christ. Not to be in the flesh, not to walk in the flesh, but to walk in the Spirit. And that's what he's going through. And so he says, you're not going to find it in philosophy. You're not going to find how to live this life through man's thoughts, his processing, or any of that man's wisdom. That's what verses 1 through 10 of chapter 2 talk about. Then the verses, the, the continuing chapter 2, he goes on to legalism. It's not about trying super hard to be right. It's not about following all these rules and doing these things. 
He says that it doesn't even work. He says at the very end in verse 23, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. You can try super hard, but it's not going to be any effect to the indulgence of the flesh. You will always have that indulgence. You will always have that desire. As long as we live in these bodies here on this earth, it's going to happen. So where do we find victory in that? Is it hopeless then? Is it just my walk with Christ now? Is it just that, hey, he's got to understand I'm going to mess up? Or is it something that, no, I, I do have victory, truly. I can walk in that in my life. So let's look at him. Colossians chapter 3. He goes into carnality. So he deals with philosophy, he deals with legalism, and then he goes into carnality. What does this look like with the carnal things? This, If then, verse 1, if then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Jesus, who is our life, appears, when you also, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is in all in all. Lord, we just want to come to you this morning and we just pray that you guide us through your message, through your words here that Paul wrote down. Lord, we'll be encouraged by you. Uh, we'd have this desire to walk in the way you've called us to. We would learn how to better pray for the things that we struggle with in our lives, Lord, and how to deal with others. Lord, you just rescue us. Lord, if there's a lot of people here this morning that are just in a frustrating state in their relationship with you, or maybe they don't know you yet, they're just frustrated, pray to speak to them this morning. Pour out your spirit on me, Lord, that I may speak your words and only your words, because that's where power is, is in you. Lord, and it's an exciting thing to go through these times, and uh, we know uh, you're coming quickly, and what an awesome thing. We're excited about it. Whether we pass away or you come to get us, Lord, it's so good to be with you. Lord, but as we walk in this life and we continue to walk, that you'd show us that we have victory in you, that we just need to stay hidden with you. And we just pray this in your name. Amen. All right. So three things. You guys know I like those three points. It's easier to take notes on, right? So to be hidden with Christ in God is this. Number one, to understand that it has to do with my thoughts and my focus. To stay hidden, my mind needs to be dealt with. What I'm thinking about, what are my thoughts, what's my focus in this life? The second one is I must take off the old and put on the new. To be hidden in Christ, I need to take off the old things, I need to put on the new. Then the third one is to let the word of Christ dwell in me. I need to let the word of Christ dwell in me. And we'll talk about what the word of Christ is. So the first one, I'm hidden in with Christ because my mind is set or focused on the things above, not on earthly things. That's what verses 1 through 3 says, right? There's a renewing of the mind that must take place to find victory. The renewing of the mind has to take place. You guys know if you guys had a BC life, the before Christ life, you, you were practicing a lot, of, a lot of crazy things, weren't you? A lot of things that were not healthy, things that would not hold up to what God's saying that we need to be in. 
right? Some of these put-offs that are saying put-off, we were involved in that. We walked in it. That was our life. That's what we were about. But as we come to Jesus Christ, he says you need to have your minds renewed, made new. Don't, don't try to fit in the old. Don't try to bring in the BC life with the now the Jesus Christ life and try to make those fit like it's a renewing of the mind. Look at Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So where it says don't conform to the pattern of this world. You guys, we've been called to Jesus Christ, haven't we? We're a new creation. So why would you want to go try to fit back in a mold of the world? It's painful. It's probably going to be ugly, right? Anything you try to put back in an old mold doesn't work very well. It's that conforming, like I'm going to mash it back down in there. We don't fit anymore. We don't fit. So we can't do things the same way we used to do them. We can't think the same way that we used to think. We can't accomplish things that we used to accomplish in a certain way. Jesus Christ is now everything in us. What is that other word that it says? Don't be conformed, but instead be what? Transformed. Okay, that's like from a car to a robot. Right? They made whole movies about it. (laughs) Well, before that time, they actually made cool toys that we had in the 80s. But, or even better in nature, God even gives us a representation. You have this nasty, gross little worm, right? Like slime, whatever, just here, and then you have this beautiful creation that comes out of this transformation that takes place into a butterfly. Being transformed, that's what we've been called to. Don't be mashed into this. It's not, that's not what he's after. It's different now. And now we're a new creation. We have this new creation, and we're transformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but instead transform from death to life, from a worm to a butterfly, all by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of the mind. What does this look like lived out? So what does this look like lived out? Does this mean that every time I poke my head out, I need to have some kind of a blocker then? So, you know, something that I am ready to block the temptation or the desire with? Like, I'm going to go out there, I still want to. By a blocker, is here's some things that you could use as a blocker. So I have temptation, so instead of having that, or when I come up against that temptation, I need to have, uh, think better. I need to have better thoughts, okay? Or I need to meditate harder. I need to pray harder so that it won't get me. Or I need to distract myself with something that's more appealing to than that's not sinful, but it's more appealing than doing that sin, right? These are like blockers. The whole thing, though, is, is that you're still poking your head out. You're hidden in Christ. So why do you need a blocker? You're already in the tank where it's safe. Why do you need to go look and see what's hitting the tank with trying to put up something you think is going to stop it, like putting the phone book up or something like that? Like, okay, you can't get me now. Or a piece of plastic, or you know, it's foolish. It is. But that's what we see ourselves doing a lot of times. I'm so frustrated where my walk with the Lord is right now. I can't get past this sin, or I continually go back to it. I need to do this better. I need to do this. I need to set it up this way. I need to put this formula in place. Next time I think this, I need to go over here. I need to do that. Guys, those are just blockers. Stay hidden in Christ. Stay in Jesus Christ. Don't come out of that place. Romans 8. You guys will turn over there. Romans 8. As we see what happens with the mind and the change in the mind and where the mind needs to be set, you know, Colossians said that it needs to be set above, on the things above. Here's what Romans, as Paul goes and talks to the Roman people about this, 
Verse 1, there is therefore no condemnation, now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See, in the walk that we have with Jesus, guys, we're born into Adam. Every single one of us is born into Adam, right? We have sin nature. We have our great, 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 great grandfather that decided, you know, more greats than that, but decided, hey, let's not follow after Jesus. Let's follow after our own ways. And we can say, well, that's all his fault. doesn't apply to me. I'm sorry, but I I guarantee at least once in your life you've said, I'm going to do it my way, not God's way. Okay, so you're in the same boat. We have that. We're in Adam. That's an objective truth. That's like out there, we understand all mankind is under Adam, but then there's a new Adam that's come, Jesus Christ. Now we can be in Jesus. Okay? Those are the two positions that we can hold now. So I'm going to go to Jesus Christ. I'm going to be saved, call my Lord and Savior. Now I'm in Christ. Now, how that works out in our lives is that if I'm in Adam, I'm going to walk in the flesh. Everything that I do that goes through my mind and everything I'm going to think about and, and perform in my life is going to go through the flesh. That's my filter. That is who I am. And then the other part is that if I'm in Jesus Christ, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to be in the Spirit. And I need to remember that's who I am in Jesus Christ. I'm no longer in the flesh. And we'll go through that and talk about that death. That's what he's going to go into here. He says, verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Basically saying, I could not do, the, the, the law was weak because I can't do it. I can't follow 100% all the rules. I'm going to mess up. So therefore it's weak because there is no salvation in that. So he's saying because of me, the law is weak, right? Then he goes on and he says, God did, or let me read again, verse three. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. He had to come as a human being so that he could defeat sin, defeat death, right? So that it might be applied to us. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Crazy. Like, what? Righteous requirement of the law fulfilled in us? I thought he just said that we can't. It's, it's weak through my flesh. Who do not walk according to what? The flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit on the things of the Spirit. Where is your mind set on? Where is it set on? What entertains you? What brings you joy in this life? If it's mostly things of this world, I'm going to ask you, why is Jesus not sufficient in your life? Why are all these things, these other things, your pleasure? Why does that satisfy more than God does? I would say you probably don't know Jesus like you think you do. Because I know from different people in their testimonies, my own testimony, that when you get to know who Jesus Christ is, that's your desire, that's your passion. You love, you, you just want to be with him. It's so exciting to be with him. If it's not exciting in your life to be with Jesus right now, there's probably something else you're substituting in there. Probably something else. He goes on and he says, For do, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not of the flesh, but of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So neat what he's talking about here, but it goes so much further than in our walk of understanding that we walk in the Spirit now. So how do we deal with sin through that? Look back over at Colossians 
you guys turn back over there, Colossians. Verse 1 of chapter 3, and it says, you know, if then we were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand. If we're raised with Christ, that's so important. Then think like Christ is what it's saying. If you're raised with Christ, then think like Christ. Seek what is heavenly and not earthly. Because in verse 3, then it says, you died. You died. Paul reminds us that we died. And you're probably like, no, I am still, I haven't. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, nope. I remember one time I was talking to an atheist, right? Great conversations with these guys, um, really, because they bring up great questions. But I told him, I came to the end of this, this uh, discussion with him. I just said, you know what? I think your problem is that you're just, you, you won't die to self. He's all, what? I said, you need to just die to self. I forgot I'm using Christianese, you know, and so what this guy did is he went on to like Facebook or somewhere and he said, yeah, I was talking to this Christian guy the other day and he says, I need to go kill myself. (laughs) I was like, what? Are you serious? That is not what is being talking about here. It's not an action out of yourself to go and try to, I was just like, okay, whatever. He's going to do that. So he's he's all about the Christians want us all, all all of us atheists to get rid of ourselves. I need to recognize part of the renewing of my mind is that I've died. I have, look at for you died and your life is hidden in Christ Jesus. Your flesh is done in Jesus. Romans 6, 3 through 7. We're going to go back over to Romans. Romans 6, 3 through 7. Powerful part of scripture, guys. Chapter 6, 1 through 14. Wow. If you guys, that's a great place to meditate on the word of God. So good. It says this, verse 3, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that Jesus as Christ, or that just as Christ, sorry, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Okay? For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. He just said over in Colossians, you died. Okay, I should be free from sin. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on here? Is it me or is it that God's messed up? And sometimes in our lives, we can find ourselves getting very frustrated with this, right? Because we want these. We're like, okay, that's what I want, God. You know that. Why is it not possible? And we go back to Romans 7, and it's like, again, the things I want to do, I'm not doing. And the conclusion is, Jesus, okay, where is Jesus? And I would challenge you this morning, maybe what's been happening is you have been using the flesh to have relationship with Jesus. You've been trying to do things the old way. Not calling out your salvation or anything. It's just, where is your relationship with him? See, we walk in the spirit. That's being in Jesus. We don't walk in the flesh to be in Jesus. We walk in the spirit. Romans 6, 11, This one's so good because as we're talking about the mind, this is what it says. In the same way, count, or New King James says, uh, uh, reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That is asking us to have a different mindset, isn't it? It's saying, count yourselves or reckon yourselves to be dead to sin. Okay, what does that do then? Well, I'm confronted with sin. Guess what? I'm not trying to get out of it by things doing things better. I'm reckoning myself dead to it. 
I have a temptation that comes up. I'm, why am I going to do that? I'm dead to that. That's no longer me. I am in Christ now. We're dead to sin, but now we're alive in Christ, and our life is now hidden with Jesus in God. So after understanding these things, my mind has been changed, and, and I know that now I'm His, which means Galatians 20, 2.20. This is what it means. Because I understand this now, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. These are powerful words, guys, if you just listen. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is not just saying here, I live and I have faith that Jesus Christ died historically on the cross for me, therefore I have salvation. This is meaning in the present. The life I now live in the body, the present that I live right now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Today. It's not a historical thing that happened in the past. Right? We're living that out today. We're in Christ. Those are powerful words. Now that I've set my mind, I must remove and replace. I need to remove and I need to replace. Okay? My mind now has been conform or transformed. Not conformed. Transformed. And now I walk in this new life. So now there's things that are gonna that are dead in my life. It's like a plant, you guys. You don't leave a bunch of dead leaves on the plant, do you? Well, maybe some of you guys do. But those of you that are really good and have a green thumb, you go pull those dead leaves off. It looks better. It's healthier for the plant. You go through that process. You take it off there. And then you put on new things. You make it healthy. You give it fertilizer. You do these things to it. It's the same in our walk. So Colossians 3, 5 through 15 says this, as we put on or put off and put on. It says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Here's the members that are on the earth. Fornication. Fornication is any sexual sin, guys. Anything. Okay? Uh, outside of marriage, sleeping together, fornication. Homosexuality, fornication. Uh, lusting and performing off of lust, fornication. Everything sexual outside of marriage is fornication, and even things within the marriage, you gotta, there are things in there that are fornication as well. If you're living in that, he's calling you out right here. He's saying, come back over here. So he says this on the fornication, and he says uncleanliness. Okay? If you're just filthy, you just love the world. You just love living in the things of the world. You love treating people as the world treats them. Unclean. Passion. Where's your passion at? We talked about this a little bit earlier. Is your passion Jesus Christ or is it everything else but Jesus? Where's your passion at? Evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry. Sometimes when we go through the Old Testament, we're like, sweet, I don't have a problem with idolatry. There's no idols in my house. Well, this, this verse kind of hurts because it's saying covetousness is idolatry and uh, covetousness is a big one that us as Americans love. Covetousness is like any time that, and I'm going to just give a personal example. I'm going to wrap myself out here. When you get on Facebook Marketplace and you see all these things that you could have and you could want and you could probably sell and you could get this and it'd be fun to have that and this and the other, like just always coveting, always wanting more. And that can go from material things, that can go from another person's wife or husband Coveting. Anything that you are desiring stronger than you do with the Lord. That's why it's idolatry, because you're putting something else there in the place of who God is supposed to be in your life. So these are the things. He says, these are the things. These are the members which are put to death. And because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. So those that walk in these things and live this way, which he says in verse 7, in which you yourselves once walked and lived in them. And I want to encourage you guys. This is not one of those hey, you know what? I do have a problem with this. I fall into this. Okay, you're falling into it. 
it's not a way that you walk and it's not a way that you live. This is not your life to be a fornicator, all right? You mess up, you sin. That's a difference that it's talking about here. Do not lie, verse 9 and 10, wow. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man with his, uh, who is renewed in knowledge and according to the image of him who created him. And then he goes on, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is in all, or is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Okay, so therefore, guys, because we're in Jesus Christ, put on tender mercies, put on kindness, put on humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So in verse 5, we put to death, right? Why put to death? Because the work of Christ killed your members. Why try to resurrect them? If this has been slain in your life, why would you want to resurrect it? Why would you want to perform it again? Why would you want to return to it? It's done. It's gone. In Christ, it's gone. Verse 8, you know where it talks about, but now you yourselves are to put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, and don't lie on verse 9. So maybe you don't walk that way anymore, right? We're to put those things off like they're supposed to be done in your life. Don't lie, and I think this is so interesting because it says don't lie, and it doesn't say because it's bad. Do you guys notice that in this list it doesn't say, hey, church, you know what? All this list right here, anger, wrath, malice, don't do these because they're bad. What does it say? This is such a crucial point, and I hope you guys, this is where the understanding is going to come. This is where the victory in Jesus Christ comes because it says this. Do not lie to one another. What's the because? Because you have put off the old man and his deeds and you put on the new man. That's why. Now, we know these things are sins. We know they're bad and they're evil, but that's not the reason that we turn away from them. We turn away from them because you've been given a completely new life. They're done. That's what he wants us to see. So to have faith in Jesus Christ and to say that my life is his and that I am, I mean, that's how I live now, is to recognize this. The reason I don't do these things is because I've been transformed. Not because they're bad. See, if you get into the whole bad part, then what you're going to do is you're going to start having the flesh work out for you. If you just look at these things as that's bad, that's evil, okay, don't do them, what you're going to start doing is you're going to start setting up stuff for you not to do them. Okay, I need to try harder at this. I need to do this better. I don't want to do that, so I got to do this over here. I need to distract myself, and you start putting all those blockers up rather than just staying in Jesus Christ, where you already have victory, where you're already dead to these things. And the mind has to realize that as you guys are face-to-face with a temptation, So whatever temptation you guys struggle with in your life, just put that before you, and if it comes up, you're like, you know what? I'm dead to this. I find it so interesting that Paul doesn't just outright say that, you know, that these things are bad, but he encourages us, and he says, this is the reason for it, since you have been. Since you have, because you have been. Now, 2 Corinthians 13.4 gives us a really cool verse about our victory. For This is what it says, for to be sure... He was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. So it just gave the example of Jesus Christ. Now it's going to put us in that same example. It says, likewise, we also are weak in him. Talking about the death, right? Our sin, uh, flesh to be crucified. Yet by the 
God, or by God's power, we will live with him in our dealing with you. By God's power, right? By God's power. And then it goes on and it says this, so examine yourselves, the next verse. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? That's, do you? You realize he's in you? Unless, of course, you, you fail the test. Those are powerful words. That's like, okay, am I? I need to ask, am I in you, Jesus? Am I hidden in you? Or has this been a whole flesh-run religious activity I've been doing over all these years? Have I actually just gave it all to you and said, you got it all? It's about relationship. I want to love you. I want to learn how to love you. I want to know you more. I'm going to fall down before you. Just tell me what I need to do. I'm after you, Lord. I want to stay hidden in you. Back over to Colossians, where it says in verse 10, and I have put to on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. Renewed in knowledge. Again, about the mind, isn't it? According to the image of him who created him. So we put on the new. We receive that knowledge according to Jesus Christ. And then, of course, in verses 12 through 14, putting on the new life in Jesus looks like these characteristics. You will have these characteristics when you live in Jesus Christ. It comes naturally. Now, you're going to have the battle between the flesh and the spirit because your flesh is going to be like, nope, we're not doing that today. I hate that person. I'm not going to be patient with them. I'm not going to be nice. Well, guess what you went back to? You are not living in the Spirit. You're not walking in the Spirit. You're not living in Jesus Christ. Now, this is so interesting to me. When you see these things and you examine yourselves and you go through this, right? And like what it says in in, uh, 2 Corinthians 13. Uh, Didn't return to the law, but it has the flesh that tries to work it out. And that's what happens with us when we try to let the flesh work it out. Now, let me make it clear. We should not be asking God to help us to be more of these things. This is pivotal in the walk with Jesus Christ. So many times our prayer life, and I still do it absolutely, I've taught myself that this is how I need to pray. Jesus, please make me more patient. Jesus, I need to be humble. Could you please give me more humility? Okay? You go into this, this time with the Lord and you start asking him for things that you don't understand you already have. You already have it to the fullest in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ. So every one of these things that lists and says, put on these tender, it's not that I need to go and get more meekness or go and get more kindness or long-suffering or being able to bear longer with other people. It's that I already have it. This is what the scriptures say. I have it in Jesus Christ. Listen to it, this guy. I like this is a great book, you guys. He could say a lot uh, things a lot better than I can up here. You guys want to invest in reading some great book? It's called The Normal Christian Life by Watchman Nee. I'm just going to read a little thing because he says it a lot better than I can in describing this whole thing about God and being in Jesus and not saying I need a little bit of more of this, a little bit of more of that. Here's what he says, and this is the truth: God will not give me humility or patience or holiness or love as separate gifts of His grace. He is not a retailer dispensing grace to us in packets, measuring out some patience to the impatient, some love to the unloving, some meekness to the proud, in quantities that we take and work out or work on as a kind of capital. He has given only one gift to meet all our needs, his son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? He gave us his son. That's the one gift that we needed. And as I look to him to live out his life in me, he will be humble 
and patient and loving and everything else I need in my stead. Remember the word in the first epistle of John, God gave unto us eternal life, and this life in his, is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. The life of God is not given us as a separate item. The life of God is given us in his Son. It is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, as Romans 6.23 says. Our relationship to the Son is our relationship to the life. Wow. That changes a lot of things. Maybe not for you. Maybe you guys understood that already. But for me, it was like, this is so freeing. I feel finally that I'm getting a little bit of grasp on what victory looks like in life through Jesus Christ. I've been trying so hard to maintain a relationship with Jesus so that I don't sin. In relationship with Jesus Christ, absolutely, relationship is so key because then you get to know who he is, but you have to understand that you already have everything in him. It's already all there. And so when we put off, or we put off and we put on because we are hidden in Jesus Christ. That's why we get rid of those things. They're dead to us. And we put on the new because we've been raised in newness of life in him. He's given us a brand new life. We've been renewed, transformed. The last one, the last way that we're hidden in Christ Jesus is we let the word of Christ dwell in us. We let the word of Christ dwell in us. Now, what is the word of Christ? And I think it can be, it can go on that the word of Christ is the word of God. It's the scriptures, because in John 1, 1, it says, Jesus Christ is the word, right? In the beginning was the word. The word is with God. The word was God. He's with God in the beginning. On and on. It goes into verse 14, talking about it was transformed. Okay. But what I look at this here, and it says, like, in the context it's saying, is the word is Christ, or the word of Christ, is it's talking about the gospel message. The word about Jesus. It's the explanation of the saving work of Jesus and the description of his death and his resurrection. And that's so important in what we're talking about this morning. Because you need to understand what the death and resurrection means in your life. Like I said before, it's not just a historical time. Absolutely it was. We believe that. It had to be. But also it's a time for now to understand what the resurrection and the death means. What does that mean to my flesh? And so we let this dwell in us richly, and all wisdom is what it says, come to a full understanding of what it means to be his children. When we're hidden in his word, we will not poke our head out of the tank. True story, okay? Because you're satisfied. You don't need to know what's going on out there. You know that you're safe in there, right? When you're in Jesus, it's so good. We need to be hidden in his word. His word is so powerful to overcome the temptation, the sin in our life. Look at Psalms 119.11. It says this, I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. If you guys have been looking for a verse, like I'm so frustrated, Lord, what does that verse say? I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I challenge you guys. That's an easy verse to memorize, isn't it? Most of you could probably memorize it right now. I would challenge you, and this is something I started doing in my own life, is that I was so frustrated and getting off on some of these things and trying and, and going over here. And I read that verse and I was like, all right, Lord, I'm going to do that. I'm going to hide your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you because I want to know you. Because you're in me. I want to know who is rescuing me from this, who has the victory. And what you can do is you can get one of those little booklets right, that has little spirals on the top. And you guys could easily start writing scriptures down in there that you want to memorize. As you go through in your time with them, just write a verse down there that you would like to memorize. They're no bigger than a phone, so if you can carry your phone around you with you, why not a little booklet of, of scriptures? 
And then when you guys are in moments, what you can do is you just like, I want to just praise you right now, Jesus. I got a free moment. Or instead of picking up the tablet or instead of picking up the phone, I'm going to pick this up instead. I'm going to go through the verses real quick. It's powerful because what I've found is that those verses I've been memorizing are coming back to me when that temptation hits. So as I'm in that cover, as I'm hidden in Jesus Christ, I don't even have the desire really to look out there on the outside of the tank to see who I need to go and you know, get rid of. It's all inside there. It's all like I'm content. I start reading his word or I start mem- you know, remembering it, the verses I've gone over, and it's like, whoa. That desire is so, it's gone. So powerful. It's awesome. Another verse is in Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, right? A light unto my path. It's a light. Shows me where I'm going to go so I won't stumble. I won't stumble all those things. So in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, when we're in his word, what we will find, we find this. We find the way in which we should go. We find the truth in which we should believe. And we find the life that we might live. Isn't that awesome? He is the way, the truth, and the life, isn't he? That's what we find when we go after Jesus. Also, when we dwell on the word of Christ, it causes us to look out for others, isn't that? It goes right into that next, doesn't he? Right after that verse. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And then what? teaching and admonishing one another. Now it goes to start acting out with other people, doing things with other people, other Christians in the body of Christ. Admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Some of us don't really get into worship. Some of us are not good singers like me, okay? Worship is a hard thing for me because I just don't... I, the music I listen to, you guys probably question my salvation. It's Christian. Doesn't sound like it, though. I'm a metal guy. I love metal, and sorry if I offend people, but I just, worship's a hard thing, and it was, but it's been more and more where I start paying attention to the words and who I'm with when I'm doing this, and it's like, wow, this is so pleasing to the Lord. How could I not do this? Like, if I'm looking for things to please the Lord, it's so good to be together with my fellow brothers and sisters to be able to sing praises to my Savior. And that's why he goes right here, and, and I've read this verse, and I'm like, okay, it is important. It's important. It doesn't just say, like, hey, meet together, sit down for a couple hours, read through his word. It's talking about singing and praising God, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So that's what we're supposed to be doing together, okay? Show up for worship. The next one, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Debbie. I was worried about you. <laughs> All right, in verse 17, as we continue on and we're about to wrap up, verse 17 says this, and whatever you do in word or deed, so basically whatever comes out of your mouth and whatever action you guys do in this body, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So important that everything that we're doing is for his namesake. Everything, guys. Lord, pour out your spirit over me that I might do what you called me to for your namesake. Lord, heal this person right now for your namesake. Lord, I need to conquer this in my life for your namesake. Do you see that? Everything is about him. Lord, the words that come out of my mouth, that they might glorify you, that you might receive praise from what I've said. That's a great life to live when it's all about him and not all about us. Being in his word turns us to that. 
Our motivation is to please him and to let him be glorified. That's what it should be. And so as we're hidden in Christ, we need to set our minds on the things that are above, right? Let your mind be renewed. Stop chasing back or stop going back to the flesh. Remain, or remove and replace. To be hidden in Christ is to remove and to replace. And the last one we talked about is to dwell in the gospel. Dwell in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for you, that the old man might be crucified, and he raised from the dead that you might be raised, that you might live in the new life that he's given you by the power of his spirit. So remain hidden in Jesus, right? Remain hidden with Jesus in God, and you're going to find victory that's already established in Christ. You just walk in Christ, put on Christ. We're more than conquerors. You want to go ahead and come on up, Debbie, you and your crew? We're going to read through this last little verse that I want to leave you guys with. Not just one little verse, actually a couple of verses, but Romans 8. If you guys turn back over there with me, Romans 8. And after everything that we've talked about and have been encouraged in about being hidden in Christ, this part of Scripture is so powerful. If you guys want to read more, go through all of chapter 8. Well, I guess 6, 7, and 8 are great chapters to go through and just talking about this whole walk and what it is with, with Christ. So Romans 8, 31 through 39 And this says in verse 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us what? All things. Guys, he's given us all things. Everything that we might pray for, he's already given us. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, it is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things... Like the verse says up there, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors, guys. More than conquerors. Like done, we're victorious. It's the end in Jesus Christ. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so when you guys face sin, when that temptation comes pinging on your tank, right, making that sound, don't poke your head out. Remain hidden in Jesus Christ. Know that you already have the victory. Walk that out. Next time I don't want to have patience or I want to have an outburst of anger, stop right in your tracks and be like, nope, I am in Jesus Christ. There is no, I do not need to fulfill what the flesh is. The flesh is dead. Why am I trying to walk in it? It's done. Walk in the Spirit. Call it on the Lord. Remember those verses that he brings back to your head because you've already walked in that and you've gone after him, right? You've hidden those in your, your heart. You will be set free. It's an awesome thing and it's a big transformation of the mind. Lord, we just love you so much and we pray that you would just strengthen us in that. Remembering that it's all been done in you. The work is finished. It's It's all about you. Of course, our righteousness is, is 
from you in every little bit, and we look at that, and we, we praise you and thank you that when we get to see you face to face, that we're not coming on our own good works or establishing our own way, Lord, but it's all through you. It, it has to be. So we praise you for making that way. It's unbelievable that you would just you'd redeem us, God of the universe, wanting to have that relationship, Lord, it blows me away every time. We thank you for it and we praise you for it. We want to worship you just as like you called us to do as believers, that we might admonish one another in singing to you. Lord, help us to be able to do everything in this life for your name's sake, that we would not be selfish and try to do it our own way. We would not let the flesh come back in and, and rob you of what you've already done. Lord, that we might be your light in this world, and we might know you more and more every single day, and we just pray this in your name. Amen.